Hey, everybody, I want to let you know that this is a two-part episode. So this is part one. Make sure that you listen all the way through, which I know you will. <laughs> but make sure you tune in next Tuesday in your inbox for part two of this wonderful conversation that Hallie and I had. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I'm joined by my chief staff, Hallie Warner. Hallie, good morning. Morning. Today, uh, super excited to jump into the topic of vision versus goal, right? Mm-hmm. Vision versus goal or vision versus a plan. What's the difference? We've had a lot of people email and ask us this question. We've done some training over the past 60 days or so about, um, you know, casting your vision. We always talk about that yeah jump in yeah yeah um well we train so much on leadership and we say that the three most important things that a leader must do number one is casting the vision and it's so easy to say that and we teach it all the time a leader has to cast a vision you have to say it almost every single conversation and then the questions we get is okay i'm with you i get it but i don't know what my vision is yeah is my vision our uh 12-month objective for the year is my vision um the legacy i want to leave for my my family is my vision, my 20 year plan for my organization. Like I, wh- how do I create a vi- this vision that I'm supposed to be sharing on a regular basis? Yeah, I know. Uh, well, why don't you d- read to us the definition of what an actual vision is? Yeah. So vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. So imagination or wisdom, right? Imagination comes from you. Wisdom can come from other people's successes, right? When you stand on other people and you can, you can see further when you're using their failures and success. So I think the first thing, the reason why people are asking that question is I think there are somebody's looking for like something like physical, right? I think, isn't that like when I think about people get lost and they, they understand vision, right? If you were to ask most leaders, like, what is a vision? They'd probably be able to articulate it, right? They'd be able to tell you what it is. And they might be able to tell you what they want or like maybe a result that they're after. But I don't know if all of them can articulate. Um, I think there's a difference between like exactly what we're talking about. There's a difference between the goal and like the result and a vision that is going to inspire people growth and inspire people to join your organization. Yeah. And and that's a great point. I was even referring to it as the context of people. If if I said define to me what division means, I don't even mean like their vision. I think people can intellectually define what vision is some imaginary place you're going to, or using this definition I just read. Yeah. Yes, exactly. People would be able to articulate it to what actual vision means. I think one of the challenging parts that people have is that they're looking for something like substantial, like something that they can grab onto that is showing them their path versus trusting into their imagination and putting it down of laying it out there, right? Just literally writing out whatever comes to mind, how big it is. I think people almost have this fear around how big their vision is and they instantly have that little voice that comes in and says, you can never create this. How is this going to happen? How is this even going to go on? Who are you going to do this? Who are you to even create this big vision? Mm-hmm. Or so, it's already been, it's already been done. It's been done. There's or too many, yeah. You don't need to do it. It's already happened. Yeah. yeah so they keep listening to that voice instead of allowing their, that voice to go to the side, you know, just don't fight the voice, just pretend it's on the side and just use that imagination. But what people are not doing is not actually sitting down to take the time to actually draft it out. Yeah. And the only other thing I was going to say there is that you, you know, you said it's got to be this big thing, but I almost would argue that that's part of the problem for some people is that they do think it has to be this so, so huge. Maybe someone's vision is to um, create a, a team of uh, two people and, you know, write books. I don't know. I'm just kind of making yeah, yeah, something up, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be write books that impact 
people and they create a nonprofit around it, right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, and I think some people think their visions are too small and therefore maybe they're not as valid as somebody else's big vision like Google's, which is organizing the world's information. You know? Yeah, that's actually a great point. And I when I when I think about it big for one, I just naturally have a, a bigger vision. So I go Absolutely. I go to that, but that's a really yeah. good point to put in there. It's not even like when I say the word big too, I guess it's a great way for me to define this is I see it just bigger than yourself. So I don't mean yes. necessarily big economically. I don't right. necessarily mean big um, thousands of people, thousands in your of like, of like, yeah. like I'm not going to go up on stage unless there's 5,000 people there. That's just hubris, right? Yeah. If there's one person there, you're helping one person. Your vision can still help one person, mm-hmm. right? So, or two people or writing your book and that goes to 50 people, but of those 50 people, they change their lives, right? I just think it has to be so, it's got to be super clear, very personally meaningful and something that you can stand behind for years to come. Yeah. And I, I think it, it, you're right. And I think it has to go beyond you though, right? That's yes. the thing that your vision attracts. Cause if it's about you and that's why I mean like bigger than you, absolutely. that's the key definition for that is at least in, in our view and how we see this and explaining it is that it has to be something larger than you. Right. And that's kind of whether you want to call that personal growth or spirituality. I mean, spirit is bigger than yourself, right. Or, or a vision, <laughs> right. The vision is something that's bigger. That's not just serving Adam or serving Hallie or Caitlin, right? It's serving something that's larger than myself. Now that larger, maybe one person, right? But it, so don't, I think, or your family, or your family, have big visions yes. just around the way they want their family to yes. interact and exist and, in the world. And I don't even know if that's even your decision <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. That's and the part that I find interesting. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even like, I don't, like why are some people called to have a bigger economic impact and why are some people called that don't have a bigger economic impact, but then society says you should have a bigger economic impact or you should go back to some of the stuff you talk about, about tapping into your, your nature. Like everyone mm-hmm. has a different yes, na- it does. nature. Yes. So everybody is going to self-actualize in a different yes, way. That's exactly right. What is it matching your heartbeat, right? We heard this quote, Caitlin shared this quote with us, that it's matching your heartbeat with nature's heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. And so that your your nature is aligned with nature itself. Mm-hmm. And if you think about this in the context of animals, we see this, they're all animals that are out there. Animals are mammals, right? Whatever you want to refer to them as, but like- Animals are what? Or man, or mammals, right? Like just- <laughs> I'm pretty different. sure you said mammals. This is like a combination <laughs> of it, right? It's a cool little thing that you should watch. But like, if you think about it, like a leopard is hunts by itself. Mm-hmm. The minute it has its born, the born is like literally with it for like a day. And then they're like off on their own. Right. That's just there where elephants stay in herds, their offspring stay with them for years before they can go off. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. humans, their your child stays with you hopefully for at least 18 years. Right. I mean, it's yeah, a long period some of time. Them 35. Yes, or, exactly. You know. But the thing is like that nature is just different for everybody. So while some animals may be in massive herds, some may be singular. It's just, it's not like the singular animal woke up and said, I'm going to be single and just hang out in isolation and hunt at night. Right. It's just mm-hmm. their nature of what mm-hmm. they do. And it's the same thing with, with us is we are, we have this animal instinct, right? We have this animal part of us. Then we have ourselves who is, is actually in here inhabiting the animal body. But that means we all have this nature within us and that nature needs to be reflected in your vision and it needs to come out. So it's bigger than you, but in alignment with your nature. So if you're, 
if you're sitting there curious about how can I refine my vision or how do I strengthen my vision so people are attracted to it, the first thing you have to do is be okay with whatever your vision is. That's what I was going to say. Because yeah. most people are not okay one way or another. Just so we give the examples, maybe it's too small and they think it's too small. And society, and that's the problem with society, is they tell you how your nature should be based on societies. And that's why I think one of the problems in religion, which we're going to do a podcast on at some point, is religion has a wonderful context of spirituality to it that is this mythical context of how, um, you know, the, you can tap into the spirit world, if you will, but in, in more modern terms, it's telling you how to live. Right. And I think that's what, that's what people don't necessarily love about that. Or at least for me, I, I have not been impressed from religion in that particular context. Right. Because it, it's like, thou shall not do something. Right. And, and it's not really, that may work for you. It may not work for the other people. And so I think society, our culture, our conditioning is telling you how to be right. And that's not, that's not your nature. That's uh, somebody else telling you, it'd be like an elephant going to a lion and saying a lion or a leopard, you need to be about, you need to come over to our pride. It just wouldn't work. I hope I get this quote, right. But it's the one they shared with you and, and Caitlin that from Martha bet that culture society tries to get you to come to consensus and being true to yourself means coming to your senses. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you didn't share that with me, but that's a great quote. Oh, I did. You shared me the other one, but the blizzard. No, I actually shared this one for to you too. But yeah, oh, it's about culture, society, trying to con- get everyone to conform to a yes. certain way of being. But when you are, I can't remember the exact term, but it's basically about when you're living your truth, it's really coming to your senses. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's th- that is your, and that we just use the words authenticity. We use, and there's this massive, when I refer to the, the calling, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a business calling, nature calling. Like it's just, it's, it's, that's the why knowing. The, the knowing, knowing right? Yeah. The knowing versus awareness. But like the, that's why we go into, and I say, I don't know if it's really your call, right? I don't know if it's like, why is somebody more intelligent than other people? Like you didn't create that. You have the ability to use that, mm-hmm. but you didn't like, and to, um, maximize whatever yes, your that, nat- yes. your intelligent right like or your you, nature you, you maximize it, your nature right yes you yes. can optimize yes you can but at some point you may be as optimal as you are going to get in that particular area yes and you have to be okay with that right and that's why you can't go like that's why people call it like a like whether it's innate or learned a lot of that can be learned where you can develop skills and you can put a lot of time and energy it's nature but i would nurture. even i would even go in and ask that who puts the drive in there for people to do that <laughs> Right. That's what I mean. Like, where did your, you didn't come up one day and write down and go, I'm going to be very driven today. It was a movement. There was like this, I'm just speaking for my own self. Like my, I didn't like sit down one day and go, I'm going to be super freaking driven. (laughs) Right. Same. same. It just came. It just comes. Yeah. And And I bet if you asked your parents and you, they, they saw you at two, because when I talk to my parents about this all the time, they're like, you're exactly the same as you were when you were under five. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's your nature. Yeah. And there's, and we all have a different nature to us. The mind is a different nature than the heart. The heart has a different nature than emotions, right? So we all have this different nature that we're living out when we're in alignment with that, right? When there's this, this, when there's like this, um, kind of centeredness between all of them, that's when you're living. It still doesn't mean your challenges, but you're strengthened by your living the knowingness of who you are. So a lot of people then may have that struggle with the vision. And I mean, I'm certainly one of them um, because they're not willing to tell themselves the truth about what they want and who they are. Well, you know what it is? They're afraid of culture. And you know what a great example of this is, and um, which is Jesus Christ. Um, when, when I, when I say that, like he was a, during his time, he was so, he knew who he was mm-hmm. and it, would confi- it, it really blew out the doors for how everyone else lived their life. And ultimately he got killed for it. 
So he was so secure or alignment with his vision for how he wanted to live his life here that it actually ultimately killed him for it. I mean, is that somebody living out their vision against everybody that what they said, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And still living that out because he knew that there was, yes, there were still challenges and yes, he was, he still had frustrated. And I think that's one of the cool things. And joys and all that stuff. He still had the human experience. That's why I am in the world, but not of it. Right. I mean, that's part of his entire essence was that I'm there, I'm living this human experience, but I know who I am. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what you can do to me, that who I am, that nature is not going to change. And then ultimately that killed him, right? He had to die for that. And then the whole course resurrection happened. But I mean, I think that's just a great example of really living out the vision. You can even bring that now to somebody like Steve Jobs, right? Who obviously has passed, but man, that his vision was simplicity, was clarity, right? If you actually read his, his, a lot of the work around him, it wasn't about creating a, uh, a phone, right? right? That wasn't his vision. His actual vision was simplicity, and to cleanness. Yeah, I was going to say create a beautiful yes. product. I was just listening to a podcast about Steve Jobs, but yeah, this creating a aesthetically beautiful yeah. thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And just in simplifying everything. Yeah. That was his whole purpose. And it, and it was it was evident in his actions when when Apple had him come back in 1997, the company had about 90 days left of cash to to survive or mm-hmm. else they were going to be out of business completely. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? Apple was working on over 200 different items at that time. And the first 10 days that he was back, he changed the board up because they were affecting his decisions. And then also he cut down the 200 products down to 10. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately within another 30 days, he cut those 10 down to one, which was the iPod. Mm-hmm. And of course he had to lay off a lot of people, but they were losing over a billion dollars a year. And then with a year, they had like a, like a three or $400 million positive cash flow. Uh, which is like a $1.5 billion swing, right? So I think it just, he had a vision for simplicity, but that vision just didn't stop with the product. It, it was resonated with who he kept, mm-hmm. what products they focused on, his alignment with what it, everything was, right? Yeah, and what I think is the most interesting about that is that he, it ended up going down the tech route. It very well could have Absolutely. Gone, gone down. He could have been a, a teacher. Yes. He could have been a professor. He could yes. have um, been an artist. He could yes. have been an architect. Um, you know, whatever, whatever, however he could have in the doing world have manifested that vision for simplicity and beautiful things. Uh, Absolutely. And we talk about him now because he had such an economic impact that it became very wealthy and obviously just the way he went about. I was going to say economic impact and uh, changed the way we all do life. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But I mean, just in general, he had this massive impact. So he's he's just such a strong visionary. But here's the really cool thing about this is interesting when I was kind of the parallels a little bit. Obviously, he wasn't crucified, right? But how many people went against him? How many people, they ousted him out of his own company Yeah, yeah. because of how strong his vision was for the world and how we saw it. Now there's probably some hubris and other factors going in there too, Mm -hmm. that he needed to wake up, but he was so strong. He had this calling, right? That from his nature to, if you like his house had nothing in it, right? He was the one who brought in, I wear a black shirt every day and black jeans because it was simple. Mm -hmm. That he embodied his entire vision everywhere, regardless of what people saw right? Regardless of what anybody else would tell him. And if you look back on his life, that's what people think. He had this kind of warped sense of reality is what people would say, right? And you I think that's actually the exact words that people used mm-hmm. because he saw things, saw it so clear in his mind because it was so simple. And he, then he would explain it and push people to get to it because he could see it so clearly living, embodying everything about him was the simplistic nature of his life. Where's the, is I, you just said something that I thought was interesting about 
is so clear on what it, what the vision was and wasn't going to, you know, listen to anybody else and whatever. But then I think where's the line between that and wisdom, which is learning from other people's experiences and, you know, do visionaries just discount what other people have to say, or do they bring that in into their world or into their vision? It's a great question. Oh, I think in the beginning, the reason why he was ousted was because he had such a strong vision, but he didn't know how to relate that to the world. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's what caused him to be arrogant. It's what caused him to, when he came back in 97, he was a different person. He, he went through, not, he must not have had a very um, good force multiplier he, he working did. with him. He did. <laughs> but you know, he went through Pixar, sold Pixar, went all through those yeah, different things. Yeah. And he learned how to grow up as a leader, meaning he learned how to understand that he has this very strong, like Jesus was a great example of that such a strong vision for one of him. And he went out there and wanted to share that with everybody. And he figured out a way to do that without coming, you know, across as like this, arrogant individual, which some people still think that you are, but whatever it is, he, he learned how to relate that. And that's what Steve did as well too, right? He learned how to actually relate his vision to his product and to his consumers and to everybody that he was working with. And that's when really it took off. Right. And so I think it's really important that like, when you, when you think about the line to understanding somebody is like, you have such a strong vision. And, and if you do have that strong vision, it's that strong, you should go after it. But there's probably a lot of really cool things you can take in from wisdom about how to actually go about doing it. I think yeah. that's more or less what it is. Yeah. How, right. That's why right. no goes, one's, no one's going to change when you're, you're a visionary. No one's yes. going to change where you want to go unless your orientation changes. Right. Yes. Right. And what I give you an example of that would be like Amazon, which, mm-hmm. you know, Jeff Bezos original vision was to sell books. He had the vision for having this online bookstore. Right. So his vision just amplified. Or was it, re- or, but was it, right? And then I think, well, maybe his vision was just having this online marketplace and it just happened to start with start books. With books. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I got to go back and read some of the books maybe about should, Jeff Bezos. We should just probably text him real quick and yeah. see yeah, what yeah, he yeah. says. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's, that, that is it. So, all right. So what do, if people are sitting there and they're going, this sounds great. Right. How and do I, how do yes. I create that? How do I create and articulate it? Yes. I think, the, I think, the, again, we went back and saying this and we got kind of off a little bit is number one is that you have to be okay with whatever your vision is going to come out there. I, another way of saying this is you have to be okay with who you are. I, another way of saying it is you have to be okay with your own nature. And I was going to say, and just, uh, learn to tell yourself the truth Yes, and be okay with what, uh, what that truth is. Yes. Because we all know when we're going against the grain, meaning yeah. against the grain of who we are. Just but, the, but I will say, that if you've covered it up for a really long time, it's going to take some work yes. to unravel that and to yeah. uncover that. And so it's not going to just, it might not be that first surface answer that comes to you. It could, especially if you've created this identity or these layers over years and years and years, it's going to take some time to meditate, sit with yourself, journal, do a lot of these exercises to really get at the heart of it. The, the truth of it. Yeah. The inner work, the inner work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the personal growth through business. Yeah. That is might take a little while to figure out exactly what that truth is for them in that vision, yeah, the, which might be what, sorry, I keep interrupting sorry, go ahead. You, which might be why some people are having, um, or some of these business leaders that we talk to have such a hard time, um, saying, Oh, I don't know what my vision is because they haven't taken the time to sit exactly. with themselves and figure out what that truth is. Yeah. So I think the first step is being okay with whatever your nature is, even if it's against what, society is telling you it needs to be. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two is just exactly what Hallie just said, which is you have to, you have to take the time mm-hmm. and not just once a quarter and then you're done. This is an ongoing every day or at least every quarter. I mean, I think, um, Bill Gates is, was very famous for going away. I think it's th- 
either twice or four times a year he's gone for like an entire week yeah. you know Matthew McConaughey went out to the desert to write his yeah. book right for his defining his new vision for what he wanted to with his book green lights that just recently came out right and he sat out there for what four or five weeks yeah and wrote the book and yeah. wrote the book by himself to like find himself he also if you read his book he went out to the he's done that several Amazon times and life, like yeah. like like surf down twice yes oh, exactly. no um, Africa once and yeah. Amazon once yeah yeah and I mean, we're just using big names of people that you made to be able to relishing but like there's a lot of people that do this and if you don't have the time to go take five weeks to go live in another house do this every day this is why the morning routine this is why journaling for me is so important because it removes the 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 imposed beliefs of how you're supposed to be if you're journaling this every day you're like hey you know like i'm feeling this way or just you just start journaling and these things just start coming to you mm -hmm. and it's not and that's like your that's the nature like when when the tsunami was happening in what where was it uh the site where all the animals lived. You know what I'm talking about? I, that do, but yes, I don't, I don't remember where it was, was, but when all the tsunami happened, all the animals just like, they didn't like get a memo or an email going like, you need to move because there's a tsunami. We in our own minds, like as the humans died because they saw the, the sand going out they're like, look, there's more beach. <laughs> and they went out and played with, it's not funny, but they went out and played with it. Right. Well, all the animals naturally they're, they're in tune like with their nature before or weeks before. Or what no, was it was like, like a hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. All the animals literally just turned and started walking uphill every single one of them. And not one animal died. I mean, think about how remarkable that is. Yeah. And it wasn't like they, they didn't find themselves thinking about they need to be walking. They just started walking that way. That's being in line with your nature. And so when you're journaling, you just start to be in line with that where it just starts to come out spontaneously in the moment, like that direct experience with life. That's where your true vision can come from. That's it. But you have to do the inner work for that to start coming out. And some of you, maybe it's been strong ever since you can remember, right? It's different for everybody because mm -hmm, everyone has different nature. Mm -hmm. Other people may come later in their life, right? Some people may come really early. Some people in the 30s. Some people may be in their 70s, right? That all of a sudden, KFC, right? Colonel, Colonel Chicken, when he was, what, 63? He had the whole vision to create KFC. Yeah. It wasn't until he was 63. So everybody has this different way of kind of experiencing it. The, the thing is that you have to, you need something you know, whether it's daily to do the inner work so that you're in touch with your nature. Cause then when that happens, your vision starts to come out and you start to live your vision. That's why I use the examples of Steve jobs and Jesus Christ. Cause every day those individuals lived that, right? They just lived their vision for their life. Because if you have a real vision for your business, it's probably not that different. The characteristics of it aren't that dis different than your personal life either. Yes, yeah, so especially when yeah, when we're talking when to think, own, business owners and entrepreneurs, hundred percent, I feel like they they almost should be very in alignment. That's how you're gonna get people to build a company. Yes, because <laughs> yes, if it's like okay, personal growth through business success, right? Our podcast, our business, everything about this is journey about personal growth, spiritual growth, consciousness growth, personal growth, whatever word makes sense to you, mm -hmm. right? That doesn't stop when I leave the building, right? Or it doesn't start when I enter in the building. It's just a natural, and it has nothing to do with our quarterly numbers. No, and, it doesn't. You know, our five year business plan. Yes. No, it doesn't because those are, those are, those are goals. Those are components yeah. of how you can arrive at your hitting your vision, but it's just different. Like, so your vision is, is in alignment with your vision for your life. Right. And you, the way you get that is, is one, be okay with whatever the answer is. So you just got to make peace with that and you may make peace with it. And then all of a sudden you may be okay with it. And then three months later, you go to a conference and you see all these people around you hitting bigger numbers than you, more profit than you, more people than you, and you get pulled back into this little rat race of saying, I need to go be like them. Right. You want it. Then you're like, oh, I need to change my vision. And 
Yeah, that's when, that's why this whipsaw happens, yeah. and that's why they're confused. People get confused because they already know what it is. Most people probably know. They're just they're hearing other iterations of it outside or they're trying to take other people's visions and bring it into their own life for theirs. It's very easy to ingest other people's answers. It's very, it's much more difficult to live your own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where people get caught up in is that they start getting clear with who, what their visions are, but then they go and they hear, they go on Facebook or read an article or something. And they're like, Oh, but he's not showing up till 10 o'clock in the morning and he doesn't have any meetings at all. I need to go do that. That may or may not be true, right? Mm -hmm. If that fits your nature, then follow that model, right? Whereas I can think of several of my friends who are very successful in business and they have a completely different outlook on how they approach their day. Some of them don't want any meetings at all. Me, I need meetings. Yeah. If I don't have any meetings, I get very unstructured. And so we, you and I, over the course of, you know, 70 years have, <laughs> have just really worked on like, okay, how do I, but I also need space. I don't mind working these bursts, but then I need space to protect my time. That's that model for me. Other people are different. You have a different model. I have a different model. We all do. Some people can work in the office. Some people can't work in the office, right? Some people, so everyone just, it's just being in alignment with your nature. But the only way you find that out is you take the time to do the inner work. Um, you had shared right before we got on the podcast, like one kind of uh, simple way to start for specifically like for business owners, entrepreneurs um, to start creating this vision. If they, if they just don't know where to even begin, um, you want to share that? About yeah, I'll jump yeah. into that in a second. I think one of the, the first things that you can do though, I think is really important is if you go, okay, I'm just going to block off two hours. Everyone can find two hours. I actually worked with a CEO on Monday. They were like, my life, I just look at my schedule and I get so bent out of shape about it. Like I can't do anything about it. And you know, it's just, it's overwhelming just looking at my calendar. And that's why I sat down on their calendar and I said, well, just remove these three things, remove that thing and remove that. And your entire half of your week's gone. And they're like, well, I can't do that. And I go, why? Mm-hmm. They're like, well, because I, I said, are you telling yourself you need those things or do you actually need them? And it was like a long silence. And I said, you don't like me right now. Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm actually shaking my head. Yes. Cause you may just be right. Well, I, I was going to say that I've actually had the exact same conversation with employees. So it is not um, exclusive to the CEO or the business owner. Um, I've had literally the exact same conversation with some of the um, individuals that I coach, like their schedule is so perfectly time blocked, but then they have, they're not actually doing the things and it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you, do you need all those things time block? No. Yeah. Literally take them all off. And they were like, Oh my God, I can breathe. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I didn't know I could do that. I'm like, you just get so trapped up in yeah. thinking you need to do something, but it's not moving. And and we've lived this though, because we've had that calendar before when you and I have worked through this over the years. It's been like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. We need to, con- I need to remove like 50% of my calendar or we started off in just slithering 25%, 25%, 25%. We condense meetings. We shorten meetings. Certain people we just meet with monthly. Like it just, you just don't need a meeting to have a meeting to generate your own self worth. If you need a meeting that something needs to happen, you're going to pick up the phone and probably spend 10 minutes on the phone with them and, and solve the problem. Or if you need a half a day because there's a major problem, you remove everything else and that becomes your one thing to do that. Right. Yeah. But it's this ability to focus on, on having this, on this time is, is, is key. So anyways, the, the point of this is, is blocking off a couple hours this week, whenever you're listening to this next couple of days and sitting down, not knowing where it's going to happen or what's going to happen, but just start writing. Don't worry about the perfect needs to be posted on Facebook. This is for you. This is for nobody else, right? It just, it's for you. It's being authentic to you and doesn't matter if anybody else understands it at this point, 
that for you is just literally embodying this because true visionaries are living their vision every day. And that's the attraction that people get. It's not even the words you speak, right? Absolutely. It's how you live your life. Yeah. And so it's not going to be you creating this perfect haiku or a couple sentences or tagline, or a motto or tagline or, that yeah, you stole the best statement. words and yeah. you've hired a group to make it out sound yeah. perfectly with the best thing that does nothing for you. If you're not embodying this, right? And what, what's really awesome is when you can embody it, then use your creativity and your words to express it. Right. So when you, when this, you um, were talking to this um, coaching client about writing, did you give him a prompt or was it just, does I know who cares what comes out? You're literally just going to write like just anything. Well, for, for them, it was specifically that they, um, they actually have a pretty decent vision for their life of where they're going. And they actually are living that out. Their frustration for them was they didn't know how to actually align themselves with it. Meaning like they didn't, they were doing too much and, um, of things that they thought they had to do right rather than rather than actually embodying that part of it. So mm-hmm. while you have the clear vision, if you're not actually living that part, it's going to feel disgruntled because you're just, you're just not in congruence with it. Right. It's not right. melded together. And so what you really have to do is you have to figure out. And what I basically asked this person I said, I want you to write out your buckets. If you're sitting here at the end of 2021, what are you doing on a daily basis? Literally, like, what are your, what are, how do you like, what time do you walk in? I mean, like this, like what time do you walk in the office? How does your morning routine start off? How many days a week do you work? Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? What are you actually doing each day? Right. If you only are going to show up for four hours a day, what meetings are you in? Who are you talking to? What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it may yeah. be that you're showing up for 80 hours a week, right? right? Everyone has a different nature. Some people love to work a hundred hours a week. Mm-hmm. That's that's, they love it. Right. So it's not even about the time, but that can be a component of it. How many hours are you willing to work? Yep. And for, and it's not, it's no right or wrong answer. It's just, maybe I want a hundred, maybe I don't. Right. And then you, it doesn't mean you can necessarily get there tomorrow, but what you do is you start say, okay, well, here's, you need to have the end in, in, in sight. Yeah. So then you go, okay, well, I'm going to work five days a week. And this is what I want to be doing because if I'm doing it, it's really not work anyways. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're, you're doing it. And one of those days, maybe reading a book or three books in a day to make sure you're getting more input or researching or looking at nut trends or reading forecasts to help strengthen your overall business plan for the future. So you can see the vision of your business tactically, right? So like where it's going, what changes need to be made. So you're just having space in your calendar to do these things. Um, you know, and, and so I think that's, that's where we started. I said, then everything else that you're doing right now need to be in other buckets. And that becomes your job descriptions or your org chart, right? So like, okay, there's four other things that you're doing or that need to be happening in order for you to be in this position. Meaning like, okay, like if you need somebody to be running your sales department, cause you're running it, some that's a position. If you need somebody to be running your IT department, because you know, you're also doing IT, that's a position too. If you need somebody as a force multiplier, because you're still scheduling your own personal, you know, calendars and, 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 you know, working with all of your day-to-day functions of your business. And that's a position too. If you are, you know, still stuck in designing houses because you love to design the houses yourself, but then you love to, you know, then you're having to force to go build the houses and you don't like building it, then you need a builder, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, you just have to know where you are and all the things that you're doing and then shed away the things that aren't going to contribute to you living and embodying your vision. And then you start working towards that and that becomes your org chart. And that may be just one thing, right? Maybe one person, it may not be one person. It may just be that 
I'm actually not in the right position and I really only want to write. Go start the news. I'm going to go write a blog or I'm going to do something like that. Whatever right, it is yeah. that you do, you have yeah. to understand the consequences of reality, but you, you, you can, you can live however you want to. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean wherever you want to, like ingesting an answer of somebody telling you how you want to. I mean, when you're living with your authentic self or that you're aligned with nature's nature, right? Your nature is aligned with nature. There is no right or wrong because that is the actual whole point of life. Yeah. And I was going to say in that example, like, yeah, maybe through this process, some that individual or some individual might realize that they, what they really want to do is, um, yeah, be, be a writer, um, which means they have to let go of the outcome of that because they may lose their multi-million dollar yes. sales company yes. or somebody might realize they want to be a stay-at-home parent. Oh, yes. Parent. Parent, sorry. Thank you, Thank you for that. <laughs> a stay-at-home parent. And that just might mean that their career is going to be on hold for a couple of years, right? You have to just let go of whatever the outcome is. But in theory, if you're living in alignment, you're going to ultimately be more fulfilled. Once again, make sure before you go, you hear this little message that this is part one of the second part of this wonderful conversation and be on the lookout for the information for creating your vision course. It's going to be January 13th from 1 to 3 p.m. We'll be touching base on that next week. But again, look forward to being in your inboxes and your podcast players next Tuesday for part two of this conversation.